Hello, friends. I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage podcast, where we talk about what's happening with marriage equality and also sometimes kangaroos. Joining me is my partner, James. Hello. Oh, I've got Oscar fever. <laughs> oh, no. Do you need to go to a doctor? The only cure is Oscar Meyer wieners. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I think that can be arranged. Is that That's according to a new study in the Journal of the American Medical Association and Hot Dogs. Yes, they said that uh, if you are dreaming of being an Oscar Mayer wiener, that's all you really want to be. I'm glad. Is there anything in particular that has you uh, feverish? Ooh, ooh, ooh. This Leonardo DiCaprio kid, I hear that ever since they added him to Growing Pains, he's wanted an Oscar. Was he really on Growing Pains? Sure, he was the uh, cute runaway kid that the Seavers adopted. Um, so He they're... quickly overshadowed Kirk Cameron as a teen heartthrob. Oh, and then and they had to get rid of him? No, he had to turn to Jesus. What? Kirk Cameron? Oh, 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 oh. I thought Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't, I didn't understand the, the order of operations there. Like, they added him, he became a heartthrob, and he had to turn to Jesus in response to that? No, so- no, they added Leonardo DiCaprio to the Seaver clan with a theme song written by Alan Thicke, who was also the dad. I see. Kirk Cameron was the son. Yep. And Leo was the new cutie in the house. I ah, see. ooh, Kauki Chris. And the opening sequence, he danced around with a hat? Uh, yes. And his friend Six crawled in the window and she said, Gibbler, you're so weird. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen, but uh, there was a little mini trend of two people uh, on Twitter, uh, and I was one of them, tweeting about uh, Netflix revivals. Hashtag Netflix revivals. The the other person uh, was Richard Day. He's the one who really started this. He hmm. was one of my guests on Sewers of Paris, um, and uh, he was also a writer on Arrested Development and a whole bunch of other shows, which is uh, fascinating because he w- participated in a Netflix revival. Well, that's true, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he suggested a few. Among them, The Meh Years, Madame Belvedere, Parker Lewis Can't Stay Hard, and How I Met Your Bitch Mother. You seem nonplussed by those. I don't love him. You're also using nonplussed wrong. Don't do that. You're better than that. Yeah. I thought that's what it meant. What did you think it meant? Define it. Define your terms. I thought it meant that you uh, seemed unimpressed. That is not what it means. Look up what it means. No. Oh, I see. You'll look up these terrible tweets, but you won't look up what nonplussed means? Mine were better. I had stop by stop. What? Oh, I see. Herman's head shop. Eh. Punching daisies. Eh. The sprinting dead. Hmm. Car 54, there you are. Okay, I'll allow that one. <laughs> okay, good. Took us a while to get to a good one. Yeah, with uh, Tootie. Sure, was she on Car 54? <laughs> no, there was a cop named Tootie. Really? Yeah, distinct from the other Tootie. Was she, was she a, a toot cop? It was a little bald man. What? And he went, ooh, ooh. You cannot be serious about this. I can't. So, okay, when you're looking up nonplus, which you're going to do right now, you're then going to look up Car 54, where are you, Tootie, and you're going to hear him go, ooh. All right. Well, uh, I'll leave that to you, listeners, to do on your own time. Uh, so, uh, speaking of the study about wieners, there was a study about gay marriage this week. I was going to segue with uh, Hollywood, Los Angeles, and the place where the study took place, but... Uh, UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they did this study, see? Um, I don't see. I didn't see it, so tell me about it. So, the conclusion is, many people who oppose same-sex marriage are uncomfortable with casual sex and feel threatened by sexual promiscuity. That is according to David Pinsoff, a UCLA graduate student of psychology and the lead author of the study, which was published in the uh, journal Psychology Science. Okay. And uh, so people who 
It's hard to parse, isn't it? People who uh, feel that uh, marriage is threatened by sexual promiscuity and casual sex are also likely to oppose same-sex marriage. Okay, so the gist of it is people who are uncomfortable with sex outside of marriage don't like gay marriage. Exactly, exactly. So, um, these are people who usually marry at a younger age, uh, have more children, they believe in traditional gender roles in which men are men and women are women, and, uh, yeah, those people also are uncomfortable with the idea that homosexuals might want to marry each other. Uh, one of the theories that, uh, Pinsoff is, is putting forth, I guess I shouldn't use the word theory here because, uh, that means a specific thing in a journal, uh, one of the things that Pinsoff suggested is that sexual promiscuity may be threatening to these people, this is a quote, because it provides provides more temptations for spouses to cheat on one another. Okay, so what is he basing that on? I'm not sure. Let's walk through exactly what they did with this study. Okay. So, uh, first, they couldn't ask people for their opinions about same-sex marriage. Right. Because when you do that, there's a Bradley effect, and people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, yeah, I'm all for it, but really they might not be. So they had to find a way to correct for that. Sure. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons why I I can see you wouldn't want to ask that directly. Um, Because whether or not you support... Uh, same-sex marriage is a signal for all these other things about yourself. And so, you know, you may answer based on what you want to communicate about yourself. Yes, exactly. So, according to this study, what they did is they showed people a series of words associated with adjectives promiscuous. They'd show people words like casual sex and one-night stand. Uh, They would also show people words associated with monogamy, like faithful and loving. Um, And then they would show those words alongside uh, gay couples or heterosexual couples. And they were instructed to match the words to either promiscuous or monogamous while also categorizing the couples as gay or straight. This mm-hmm. is a complicated exercise. Wait, 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 wait. Part of the test was categorizing the couples as gay or straight? Because that seems like a pretty easy... Like, I would pass that test pretty easily. Yes, yes. It, it seems easy to do. Okay. Um, so I think what they're just testing here is reaction time. So what, the uh, test subjects had, like, a gong, and they rang the gong when they saw a gay? <laughs> I think that's exactly how it works, okay. yeah. Participants were instructed to press a button whenever they saw a word, a, a, a pairing, that matched gay with a gay couple with a monogamous word. Uh, because okay. So they were testing reaction time, and so mm-hmm. uh, people who took longer to press the button when they saw a gay couple with a monogamous word uh-huh. uh, indicates that those concepts are... Uh, uh, compatible in that person's mind. Um, and so that indicates that the person thinks of gay couples as being more promiscuous. Ay, ay, ay. Yes. Okay. Complicated. Um, all right. So this is basically like one of those tests where they flash up the word yellow, but it's blue. And you have to hit the button if it actually is the color it's supposed to be or vice versa. Exactly. Okay. And from that, they determined that people take longer to associate or or did they just find that some people take longer to associate monogamous-ish words with gay couples exactly so they were able to identify the people who identified the, the people who associate gay with promiscuity and those people okay in the second phase of the test, the next thing they did is they asked people more direct questions about their attitudes about the uh, sexual moral values. So they would say, uh, they would ask people to uh, rate their agreement with statements like, uh, I believe that sex can happen without love, or I would be okay with a marriage where the participants uh, can have sex with other people. 
Okay. I mean, I guess it's good to have some scientific verification, but isn't it a talking point of anti-gay organizations and people that one of the reasons to be opposed to just gays in general, um, but same-sex marriage in particular, is because gays are more promiscuous? Do we need to go through this Skinner box to figure that out? Um, Yeah, it seems like that's something that we kind of already knew, is that conservatives think that about gay couples. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I guess what they're doing there is just verifying that this is something they believe and correlating the people who believe this with people who have certain moral values. Okay. I mean, they could have saved some time and money and just, like, got a magazine. Sure. (laughs) Um, any particular magazine you had in mind? Ah, Cat Fancy. (laughs) Okay, so they've verified that some people don't correlate gay couples and monogamy, or they find it harder to correlate those two concepts. And so they come to the conclusion that those people are afraid that their husbands are going to go hook up with gay guys? I suppose. I think what it might be more of is that there's a desire to protect marriage, or at least to, um, I don't know, to preserve marriage, uh, the rules of marriage. Well, but the thing you said is that they were specifically concerned with uh, protecting their own marriages. And yes. that they were uh, concerned that their spouses would have more opportunities to cheat. But if that's the case, then they're saying that their spouses have more opportunities to cheat with people of the same sex. Yeah. Isn't that strange? Um, I'm not sure exactly how they leapt to that, but it's, it's, I mean, that's a direct quote from one of the, one of the lead authors of the studies. Well, that's the thing I'm curious about is how do you jump from, okay, some people find it hard to correlate monogamous terms with gay couples to my husband's going to go get a blowjob from his buddy. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's not he's going to get his, a blowjob from his buddy. Maybe it's just gay marriage equals promiscuity for everyone. So if gay couples can get married, then straight people can be more promiscuous. I'm not following that logical line. Well, I guess if your world is divided, I mean, I guess if your world is divided into black and white and the thing that makes it make sense is these immutable rules, then any blurring of those rules is potentially a threat, because otherwise, what's going to keep the order of the universe? Exactly. One of the other findings here is that people who were more okay with people uh, behaving in a way that is inconsistent with traditional gender roles, for example, women being financially independent, uh, those people were not so bothered by the ideas uh, of, of gay marriage. So gender roles were also a part of the study? Yes, yes. Okay. That, uh, you know, that, that women, well, gender roles within marriage, so that women, mm-hmm. women should be financially independent from their husbands, or uh, that it's okay for a woman to have a job and not rely on her husband for support. Okay. I mean, the study is a little baffling to me, because it's like, people who are extremely conservative and think that women should be subservient to their husbands, and their husbands should be the ones doing all the providing and who get married early and have tons of kids and are terrified that their spouse might cheat because the thing that gives the universe meaning is their marriage and their children are dumb. Oh. <laughs> uh, it, it, like, that, that, that doesn't seem like much of a revelation. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, it's hard to write in, in a journal, gosh, these people are dumb. I, I guess I guess that is the conclusion, right? Well, I don't know that that's... I mean, 
that they are afeard of a thing that's not going to happen, or at least doesn't make any sense? I don't know. Do, do we know that it's not going to happen? Like, let's say, for the sake of argument, mm-hmm. that the the definition of marriage changes, as they say. Mm-hmm. Or let's say, you know, that, that um, people become more okay with sex outside of marriage, and people become more okay with women getting jobs and being financially independent. Uh, is there a possibility there that uh, the, the bonds of marriage will weaken and people are uh, more likely to be in unstable marriages? Yeah, but and, that's because marriage that yeah, marriage is a failed institution. <laughs> and also, it's the way things have been headed for over a century. I don't think there's any rolling that back as much as you might want to live like it's the 1800s. I mean, the gender roles, I mean, gender roles, the concept of gender roles is eroding and will continue to erode. Women will become more independent. Women will more and more be the financial providers for the family. Men will do more uh, child care duties. I mean, these things are just going to happen. And as for promiscuity, we've gone from a society where women can't show their ankles and... uh, To a society where women are all ankles. Yes. You just want to look at it. You get Ankle Weekly and you just pay. Oh, I got to get a load of this one. Oh, there's a little low cut number on this ankle. Yeah. I mean, the idea was that a woman who had sex before marriage was ruined. Uh, that was never the case for men. But that purity and virginity and these notions that still hold sway in some parts of the country, that, that a woman's value as her father's property was ruined if a, a man had his way with her before her wedding night, uh, because then the the proper property exchange from father to husband w- was sullied. She was damaged goods. I mean, that was a term that, you know, it, up until very recently... You could use that to refer you, to a woman, Yeah, you could incredible. just say that. You could just say somebody's damaged, damaged goods, goods good because they had grief. had sex. Um, by and large, we don't feel that way anymore. And yeah, I mean, that is a move toward promiscuity. And it's just going to keep moving that way. <laughs> and and good, good. Right. <laughs> I mean, is there is there a point at which it goes too far? Because, like, right now, I think things are, are kind of in a good state where, like, you know, you know, there's not shame attached to ending a marriage. Like, if two people decide, oh, I think this is... Oh, sure anymore. there is. Um, okay, okay. Less shame. There's less mm-hmm. shame. There's less like she had to go away to Reno. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, that ending a marriage is still people are like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not the catastrophe it used to be. What it is, is you're not stuck. You're not trapped. It's not like, well, we got married and now we got to stay married and I can never have sex with anybody else. Uh, I'm not saying that we're in like a society of free love and everyone can be a hippie with each other. But mm-hmm. I think it's better than it was it's 10 better- years ago. And that was better than it was 10 years before that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there is still shame associated with divorce, and there's still, for those who do marry, this notion that that they have failed mm-hmm. in a very serious way if they don't stay married until they die. Sure, and marriage is forever and only between the two of them. Right. And the fact is, most of them will fail, because very few marriages make it to death at all, well, and fail- those... Th- fail on those terms. Yep. Uh, very few marriages make it to death, and of those that do, very, very few of them do so without an infidelity. Mm-hmm. So change your definition of failure, or change your definition of success. Two people who Or change your definition coming. of marriage. Oh, no! Oh, but we can't. We mustn't. Uh, well, it makes it introduces opportunities for promiscuity if we change the definition of marriage. Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, I still don't get the leap 
I, I, the leap doesn't make any sense to me. Like, okay, so they confirmed a thing that's obvious and then jumped to people are afraid that if gays can marry, then there'll be more opportunity for promiscuity. More temptations for spouses to cheat on each other. That is how the the, authors stu- the, the study's authors put it. Temptation for... I mean, I guess is the idea that uh, if gays can get married, then I guess anything goes. Uh, good's bad today and black's white today. And uh, if young bears you like come touch their holes. Uh, oh, I like this. I like this. This is the reboot. This is the Netflix revival of... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I forgot the name of the show. On the Lamb. What do you What's think it it's called? called? Oh, 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 get off my dinghy. Uh, <laughs> shoot. Oh, no, this is a repeat of last week. What's happened? What's the please, title? Please tell me what it's called. Oh, uh, oh skip to my skipper. <laughs> uh, a flap in the face is worth two in the pants. I want to see a, that. That is a long title. A I want to see that show. Yeah. Uh, a flap in the face is worth two in the pants. It's got what's her name from What's That Show? Uh, sure, it does. From Life Goes On. Uh huh. Um, That's what she's best known for. It is. It is. It is. In Buenos Aires, the musical. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Julie. Oh, I'm going to Julie Brownback territory again. Uh-huh. Julie Brownback is the name that I said when I couldn't remember the name Renee Zellweger. Um, anyway. Now you're making it worse. I am. I am. Wait, what's the show where they're on a boat and they're dancing and there's a comedy of errors? Jessica Walter was in the revival recently. Uh, Get rid of the C word. That's the name of the. (laughs) That's the name of the show. The first mate's gone to bed. Uh, All right, boys. All right, boys. There there it is. That's the title. All right, boys. Mm -hmm. Is that the sequel to Get 'Em Girls? (laughs) Yeah. Get them girls and all right, boys. Cole Porter's uh, magical, magical double billing. Uh, what's it called? What's it called? I'll take the steerage. <laughs> Why are these titles so long? I Why did Cole Porter write such long titles? I know it's short. I know it's short. I know it's a short title. Go take a drink. Go take... No, it's Get Out. It's something about getting somewhere. Getting any... Any which way but loose. That's a that's the movie. monkey movie. That's it is. It is m- m- many many go in and few come out. <laughs> the Roach Motel movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this is this is inappropriate. What? Uh, m- many Chinese. That's. I, we'll cut that well, one out. Well, you may be thinking. What? You may be on a certain track. You may be thinking of a certain adventuring archaeologist oh, who encountered right. this. That's right. It's at the beginning of the second indie movie. It's at the beginning of Temple of Doom. But I love that because she's not singing it in English. No. I, my God, the leap that my brain has made there. The title of the title has nothing to do with Chinese. So you're singing it. Wait. That's the title of the thing. That is the title. Many of them go. Many, many things, many things go. Anything goes. Many things go. Many things go. Well, and that brings us back to the study, right? Because <laughs> today, many things go. They that do. did not many years ago. Yeah, that's right. And some people are threatened by that. I guess they because are. they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, uh, I read a thing uh, today about how Scalia died. Um, it was his l- pants around his ankles and a rubber chicken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he died as, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bubbles the Clown, Bobo the Clown, on that episode of Mary Tyler Moore. What? You know the one. Uh, the, the episode of Mary Tyler Moore, where the clown dies. Uh-huh. Everyone is laughing, and they're making jokes about the clown, and Mary's like, this is terrible, a man died. Mm-hmm. And she's lecturing them all about how they should have some respect. And then everyone's laughing over the course of the whole episode, and then it ends with the funeral. 
everyone's got the laughs out of their system. And at the funeral, the uh, guy's up up at the front of the room, uh, the guy with the little collar, the priest, and he's saying all the, the things... The guy with the little collar? Yeah, that's, what his, that's his title. Sure. And he's saying all the things that, that Dumpo the Clown, or whatever his name was, did to make people laugh. Dumpo? Something like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the guy who's doing the eulogy is describing all the stuff they did. Mary suddenly cannot stop the giggles. She is laughing, but like trying to push it down, and she's doing such a good job, because Mary Tyler Moore is amazing. And at one point, the, the, the priest says, he would always say, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants. And Mary bursts out into gales of laughter. That's one of the many things that go today. Yes, yes. <laughs> they tested that, too, against uh, promiscuity. Um, uh, and the, the priest, little seltzer down the pants? The, the, the priest is like, stand up, young woman, stand up. Yes, yes, it's what he would have wanted. He, he loved to make people happy. So laugh. And she bursts into tears and starts sobbing. Uh, and she won an Emmy for that episode. <laughs> she is doing so much work. It is amazing. Like, watching Mary Tyler Moore's acting in that episode is just incredible. I don't know where I'm going with this, other than to give us a, uh, a sterling review to the Mary Tyler Moore Show. What's Grace, the name of that episode? Do you even know the name? Are you just going to make me guess, bec- and, and you're never going to tell me when I get it right or give me any hints? I don't know. You don't know the name! I'm not going <laughs> to guess something that you don't know the name of. Um, I thought you were going to talk about, when you mentioned The Clown, there was a sitcom where a clown got a blowjob. What? Yeah. What was this a sitcom about? I don't know, but it was terrific. Now, you're not talking about an episode like Law and Order or something, because I can see a clown blowjob figuring into that show. I don't know why, but I can. It was a sitcom. It, are you sure? Because I can see Jerry Orbach. Unfortunately, when you search the web for clown blowjob TV... You, you get what you're looking for. You get what it says on the tin. <laughs> um, Listeners, if you know what show featured a clown blowjob, please write in and let us know. Don't write in to us. Write into the network and complain, because that should not have been on television. No, no, no. Please do let us know, because James is searching furiously right now and furrowing his brow, and I can only imagine uh, the things that he's looking at now involving <laughs> cream pies. It might not have been a blowjob. It might have been... Just, what, kissing and cuddling? <laughs> kissing and cuddling They're telling secrets. When she was honking his nose and stepping on his big floppy feet. Oh, that's sex for some people. It is. It is. And bless them. I just came back tonight from a um, fascinating little session at... Uh, so there's this podcast called No Safe Word, uh, where they talk about sex. And uh, I'm writing about it for The Stranger. And so they invited me to sit in while they um, were recording an episode. And they had a foot fetishist on tonight. And they had a volunteer tied down to a table with um, shoes strategically positioned on him. And uh, they recorded a little podcast and talked about foot fetishes. So go listen to No Safe Word if you want to hear more about that. But I got to uh, hang out and take pictures and uh, look at this uh, poor helpless man who was unable to move uh, except uh, one part of his body, which was unrestrained. Did you uh, Did you send for help? No. It sounds like he was in a real predicament. <laughs> well, my goodness. What if I'd called the police? Well, let me go back to the subject at hand, because that actually... Or the subject at foot. Oh, boy. I mean, they're not wrong that at least with gay men, uh, they are more promiscuous than straight couples, particularly straight couples that marry at 18 and have a million kids. Sure, sure. I, I think there's... Uh, a lot more freedom, and I don't know that that's a bad thing. So if you're free to explore, and you're free to try new things, and you're free to experiment with the bounds of a relationship to see what works for you, what's the problem? And I guess that's terrifying if you think that essentially relationships are a binary. They're either you are locked in and married, and everything's A-OK, or you're doing The Devil's a Diddle. <laughs> the Devil's Diddle, that's yeah. the name of that Cole Porter show. That's right, yes. Uh, Nonplus. James has looked up nonplus for me, and I'm not going to read the definition. 
It means to surprise and confound someone. Mm-hmm. Really? That yes. is completely the opposite. Of You're nonplussed. From Latin non plus, not more. The noun originally meant a state in which no more can be said or done. Well, I guess that's kind of speechless. So the, ex- the, the example is surprised and confused so much that uh, Diane was nonplussed by such an odd question. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a stage direction from an episode of Cheers. <laughs> That's true. Diane was often nonplussed. Surprised and confused. A state in which no more can be said or done. And much like a lot of words that everybody misuses, like literally, in North America, it is acceptable usage to have nonplussed mean unperturbed. I was recently lectured by a British man for the number of L's in the word traveled. I think Americans have one and the Britons have two L's in traveled? Nobody should have two L's in traveled. I guess it depends how far you traveled. The, the Welsh. The Welsh can have as many L's as they want (laughs) who can have as many elves as they want iceland iceland can have as many elves as they want that is where elves come from i was gonna say generalissimo keebler that's funnier (laughs) it makes less sense sure sure and that's and that's why i married you (laughs) you didn't and you won't I'm too promiscuous. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the day. (laughs) I'm the one who just spent the evening hanging out with fetishists. Uh, So gays are promiscuous, and it makes dummies scared. Yes, copyright 2016 UCLA. Do we have anything else we need to address? Oscar fever. Oh, that's right. You still haven't been cured. Do you need me to take your temperature? Do you need me to stick a thermometer in any of your holes? You look like you're trying to formulate a segue. I dare you to formulate any kind of segue from that nonsense. The only possible segue is the kind that drives its creator off a cliff. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. You can get in touch on Twitter, at Matt Baum, uh, where you can let us know what you thought of this particular episode. Uh, what'd you think of the Oscars? We didn't watch. Ha ha. Uh, you can review the show on iTunes, heaven help you. And uh, if you're interested in marriage equality, you can get my book, Defining Marriage, which has none of this nonsense, uh, on Amazon, where you can get it in via print, uh, download, and audio. Uh, you can also find my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris, where uh, we talk about uh, entertainment that changed the lives of gay men. Last week, I talked to uh, Bill Fair, creator of the podcast Judy Cast. We talked all about uh, Broadway and fairy tale theater and uh, great ladies of the stage. Uh, did you enjoy listening to that episode? Because I know you're a big fan of Bill's. I did. Bill is wonderful. He is a treat. He is America's sweetheart. Uh, and he wasn't able to be on um, the uh, live stream that I did this weekend because last weekend he moved in with his partner, Joey. So hooray for both of them. Aww. Yes. You see, marriage and love. They're not married. They're, they're yeah. affianced. Mm. But uh, they have a lovely proposal story where Joey uh, likes hippos. So Bill took him to a hippo park and proposed to him amongst the hippos. Isn't that cute? Yes. Where would you... Now, I'm not saying you should propose to me, uh-huh. but what kind of park would you take me to just to... Uh, I don't know. Ask me a pointed question. I would take you to the national parks of Lowell, Massachusetts, which are old mills with rundown machinery. And when no one is looking, I would feed you into it. That sounds lovely. It's not. That would make me so happy. The, it's dreadful. I, I know. I know that you think that. But it's something... You know that I love infrastructure. And you know that I love uh. old abandoned buildings. That would make me very happy. You've accidentally done something nice for me. Ha ha. Oh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> Until next time, friends. By the power vested in me by the internet, I pronounce this podcast over. 